Is the U.S. government weaponizing insects? That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. It's been three years since about 200 countries met in Paris and agreed to try to hold global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. So how are we doing? We have already passed one degree, and according to a report to be released October 8th, we are on track to hit between 2.7 and 3.7 degrees by the end of the century. The formal document is by the UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, or IPCC, and has been prepared by experts, scientists, and representatives from 150 countries. They are expected to say that to keep the temperature rise down to 1.5 degrees, the planet would have to limit carbon and other greenhouse emissions to net zero, where carbon released into the atmosphere is captured. Even if the 1.5 degree goal were met, there will still be problems like Arctic ice decline, sea level rise, and more damaging weather events. The U.S. has said it's pulling out of the Paris Agreement, and now there's the possibility that the large economies of Australia and Brazil may also leave. Occam Steiner, a U.N. official, offered some hope. He told The Guardian that there's been extraordinary progress in the past few years in renewable energy and the adoption of low-carbon technology. He said, we can do this. We can bring down emissions. It doesn't need to be a disaster. While the IPCC was meeting last week about global warming, the Trump administration signed a new trade deal with Canada and Mexico, which makes no mention of climate change. The new agreement, called the USMCA, contains many of the same features of NAFTA that environmentalists say promote fossil fuels and pollution. As Inside Climate News reports, USMCA has new provisions that make it easier for corporations to challenge environmental regulations in other countries even before they're adopted. A section of the new agreement called Good Regulatory Practices permits companies to comment on proposed regulations in other countries. Further, the governments are required to consider the burden regulations place on small businesses and whether rules place unnecessary restrictions on competition. Under the new pact, companies will still be allowed to move polluting activities to countries with weak regulations. And if one of the countries adopted carbon limits, businesses could outsource to where there were less stringent standards. The deal will have to be approved by Congress, and the American Petroleum Institute, an oil and gas industry trade organization, is urging it to do so. A group of scientists and lawyers is warning about a first-of-its-kind program funded by the U.S. government that could use insects to spread genetically engineered viruses to alter the chromosomes of crops. The Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency says its program is aimed at improving crop security by making plants resistant to disease and drought. Aphids, leafhoppers, and white flies would be used to spread the virus to crops such as corn and tomatoes. Writing in the journal Science, the authors claim that the project is developing biological weapons which have been banned since 1975. They fear that other countries will feel compelled to develop their own bug warfare. In justifying the research, the agency says that it's developing ways to respond rapidly to threats to the food supply. But the critics say using insects as the dispersal method makes no sense when the viruses could be sprayed on plants, as farmers do with pesticides. One of the authors of the critique told the New York Times that once you engineer a virus that spreads by insects, it's hard to imagine how you would ever control it. 
In 2017, researchers found that hospital sinks are a source of bacteria which colonize in drain traps. Bacteria are dispersed when running water allows tiny droplets containing the germs to become airborne and spreads them up to a meter away. A hospital in Israel recently found it was difficult to contain the bacteria after they traced infections in patients to the sink traps. The problem began in 2016 when the first of 32 infections were detected, which caused three people to die. Investigators found the source of the contamination in 22 sinks in an intensive care unit. To combat the problem, the staff decontaminated the sinks frequently using bleach and different techniques, but that was only a temporary solution. They then restricted access to sinks in patient rooms, allowing them only to be used for necessary hand washing. They also banned all waste disposal in the sinks. Using these practices, they report in the journal Infection Control and Hospital Epidemiology that the outbreak was fully contained. There's good news. In a separate study published in the same journal, researchers have been able to create a sink drain cover that would keep running water from splashing microorganisms up from the drain and into the sink and surrounding areas. And finally this week, we go to Yellowstone National Park, where tens of thousands of tourists flock each year to see its world-famous geysers. Visitors were a little less entertained, however, when an eruption in September spewed something other than the expected hot water, steam, and rocks. On that day, a sleepy little geyser named Ear Spring, which had been dormant for some 60 years, belched out some foreign objects 30 feet into the air, according to the Yellowstone Facebook book page. Among them, tin cans, part of a cinder block, crumpled foil, a pencil, a plastic cup and spoon, cigarette butts, a sign that seems to be a warning about bears, lots of coins, and of course, a plastic straw. Yes, garbage that had been marinating in the geysers hot springs for decades was being forcefully thrown back at visitors. Park officials decided that some of the items were historic, like a baby's pacifier from the 1930s, and they'll likely put it in Yellowstone's archives. That said, the Park Service is pleading with tourists not to treat the geysers like fountains where people toss coins for good luck. In fact, they warn, tossing an object into a hot spring can damage or plug its plumbing and stop it from functioning altogether. Wishing you good fortune. That's This Week in Water. We'll see you next time. This Week in Water is supported by the American Water Works Association, highlighting the latest cost-effective strategies to manage aging infrastructure at the Water Infrastructure Conference and Expo, October 28th to 31st in Atlanta. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash h2o infocon